Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, broadcasting live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central, from Panama City Beach, Florida, home of the world's most beautiful beaches. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining me on my weekly broadcast. Every week, I'll feature some of the best instructors, coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs in the golf business today. I begin with a great discussion on Coach's Corner, followed by an insightful interview with my special guest. So let's get started by introducing tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Rico, and very, very excited uh, about tonight's show. I've got uh, two favorites on the Coach's Corner panel tonight, so I'm really looking forward to having those guys, and I'll introduce you here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, uh, my very eager guest, Ben Slobodian. Uh, he's the creator of Slobo Golf Academy. Uh, called in a little earlier this evening, but uh, not quite ready to, to have him on here. Uh, he's also a PGA Class A member. Uh, he's going to be joining me on the second half, and um, it's going to be a very interesting show, so I hope you'll uh, stick around. Um, all right, just a couple of quick uh, announcements I just want to make um, about uh, the sponsors of Golf Talk Live this year uh, actually are, are both my organizations. One is iGolf Sports Network, and uh, Golf Talk Live is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network now, which is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top-quality programming designed specifically for you, uh, the golfing enthusiast. Uh, also, uh, my recent uh, acquisition, Golf Tips Magazine, is also going to be sponsoring uh, the program. Uh, and Golf Tips, of course, as you know, is uh, the game's in-depth instruction magazine offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips uh, from top PGA and LPGA teaching pros uh, who, of course, can help improve your play from tee to green. So both iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine uh, are now the official sponsors of Golf Talk Live. So very, very happy to sponsor my program, and uh, thank you for uh, for tuning in. All right, I'm going to bring on uh, both of my uh, my uh, guests here on the Coach's Corner panel. We're going to have a very interesting discussion tonight, uh, something that they're probably not uh, used to having, but uh, we'll, we'll give it a go anyways. All right, first uh, up is, uh, of course, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Clint Wright. He's a 30-year member of the PGA and partner at TGM Golf. Uh, and he's a big proponent of the R3 approach, uh, which we've talked about here in the program before. And uh, in my opinion, one of the best covering the short game today. And he's, of course, uh, among one of my favorites uh, here on the uh, Coach's Corner panel. Also, another favorite uh, on the Coach's Corner panel, I think they've both been on about the same amount of time, uh, is John Hughes. He's a PJ Master Professional and the president of uh, the North Florida PJ section. And he's also a recipient of the 2013 PJ of America's Horton Smith Award, and he is also Golf Tip Magazine Top 25 Instructor. Um, John, Clint, thanks, guys, uh, for joining me. Welcome to Coach's Corner. Yeah, thank you. Look forward to it. Thanks, Ted. All right. I appreciate it. So let's let's very quickly get the, the elephant in the room, uh, and we'll move that aside before we get into our discussion. Of course, as, as uh, most of you listening to the show know, uh, you know, nationally and, and actually globally, uh, we've been going through this pandemic and a lot of people have been really uncertain what's going on. And it's very difficult to, with some of the news reports that we're hearing because there's a lot of contradicting information. But um, obviously, uh, some areas of the country are, are more severe than others. 
Uh, and as far as the the, uh, the golf industry concerned, uh, certainly some courses have closed down, but there are still many uh, open, so you want to check with your, your local course. And we strongly urge you to obviously use caution and, and be careful when you're out there and certainly adhere to whatever the uh, local authorities have, have uh, put in place. But uh, if the courses are open in your area and there's no uh, restrictions going on, we want to urge you to go out there and play. Uh, we've gone through many, many, uh, you know, whether you want to call it a pandemic or, or uh, you know, serious uh, issue like this before, and have always come through it very, very strong. So again, pay attention to your local officials and obviously keep up to date with things going on, but, uh, and, and use, uh, you know, a little extra caution, but uh, certainly don't want you to, unless uh, you're under quarantine to, to lock yourself in, because, uh, you know, we, we have to be out and be able to enjoy life. So um, just my food for thought. And, uh, and guys, I know you've both uh, have talked about this, uh, I'm sure to, to end over the last little uh, bit, but just maybe some quick thoughts from each of you, Clint, I'll let you go first and then John. Yeah, Ted, I can't, what you just said is perfect. I mean, as we were talking before we went on the air, I mean, what we're doing at the club is just simply trying to, we've ramped up everything we used to have always been doing, you know, cleaning carts every day, you know, making sure that our facility is as clean and safe and where our customers and members feel comfortable that they're not going to get sick. Uh, you know, just some real practical things. Everybody's seen it, you know, leave the flagstick in, don't rake the bunkers, um, you know. If you feel comfortable wiping down the golf cart with your own, you know, wipes, that's great, but we, we're doing everything we can do to, to make our facility uh, as clean and safe as possible. And, and you know, and, and I think that's happening across the state of South Carolina too. I mean, pretty small state, and most of our guys that run golf courses, we're kind of a pretty tight-knit group. So I think that around our area here that uh, – you know, all the tables are out of the bar areas where you can't sit and stuff. So everybody's kind of doing the same thing, trying to make it as safe as possible. Great stuff. And, John, what about yourself? I know, uh, obviously, you and I are in Florida, so things, uh, again, are, are uh, fairly similar in a lot of ways. But um, uh, what's an update on, on your uh, your situation? Well, I'm real lucky. And, and, first of all, thanks, Clint, for being on tonight. I'm looking forward to a good conversation. Again, Ted, as always, thanks. Uh, the state of Florida is, uh, for the most part, trying to operate as normal as possible, thanks to Governor DeSantis. Uh, there, there's quite a bit of controversy as to what we should or shouldn't be doing. I hear this not only uh, locally but globally. Uh, but really what it boils down to is common sense. Uh, they're my facility within the juris within the county that our county basically put a shelter at home order in that's effective 11 o'clock tonight. And as Clint mentioned earlier, we're an essential business. Golf is a form of activity. Athletic activity is, is an essential business. And we're very fortunate we can stay open. Uh, I put out a video earlier today encouraging people to get out and play. There's nothing worse than sitting at home not knowing what to do, uh, feeling cooped in. We call it cabin fever. Yeah. This type of cabin fever can can be somewhat uh, taxing, I guess is the best way to say it, taxing in a lot of different ways. And golf's an outlet that way. Uh, there's a lot of other opinions that we should stand down and, respect everything. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's up to each individual to act in good faith to everybody else. 
and to use common sense. And I think a lot of the times when we get restrictions put on us, it's not because the people with common sense aren't acting with common sense. It's because of the others who can't. Uh, with that right. being said, let's get out and play golf. What better time if, if you're uh, furloughed, uh, laid off, you're put on home uh, remote work, uh, what better time than, than now to get out and play? There's a, a lot of great deals going on uh, to make it accessible, make it affordable. Uh, what better time to work on your game uh, than now? If, if you're getting into the season, this is what historic time you have to prepare for your season. For us in Florida, we're sort of nearing the end of it, unfortunately, and but that still shouldn't limit you. Uh, use common sense. Be safe for yourself and be safe for others, and we can all enjoy the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and just a final thought, you know, um, for maybe some of you that are out there that maybe are under a little bit further restriction and can't get out uh, to the golf course, obviously many of our, our great professionals do um, uh, a lot of virtual lessons through online uh, platforms, whether it be Skype or, or some of the other programs. So, you know, if you can't get out to the golf course right now um, for whatever reason and you're, you know, kind of stuck at home, reach out to your pro that, you know, if you've been working with somebody, you can reach out to them. If you haven't, maybe get in touch with one and, and start getting things lined up for when things do get back to some, uh, you know, a little bit more normalcy and at least be working on that. So that when we do get back out, uh, for those of you, again, that are maybe under further restriction, uh, you're going to have uh, sort of a leg up, if you will. All right, so we're going to talk about something very interesting. And actually, this is a discussion that Cindy and I, uh, of course, talking about my good friend Cindy Miller, LPJ professional, we talked about um, on Tuesday's show, and I thought this would make a really interesting discussion for, for us here. So um, the, the topic tonight, if you will, is which mental time zone do you operate in? And it's a very interesting uh, I came across this article and uh, in my, my travels, if you will, and I found it very interesting, and, and uh, so I thought we would share this tonight. So I'm going to read out a little bit here, uh, so bear with me, and then we're going to uh, put some questions to the panel. Um, so I want to, for, for the listeners out there, I want you to imagine that you've reached a point with your golf uh, game or golf development, if you will, uh, where you've run out of ideas on how to improve your game. Uh, you're hitting a wall, and uh, the progress has come to a sudden but uh, bone-jarring halt, if you will. Um, so possibly you've been stuck on a particular score average or handicap for months or maybe even years in some cases, and you can't seem to budge uh, it no matter what you do. Uh, it's a pretty scary thought for a lot of people. You know, you've been working, uh, maybe playing for a lot of years, and it's just not improving. Uh, so it, it's certainly daunting and by no means uncommon because many, uh, even advanced golfers, come to a fork in their golf development pathway where they don't know what uh, they often describe the sensation as being stuck or uh, that they're in a rut. Uh, even some of the best players in the world, we've heard them say very similar, um, or they can't see the next step in their, in their journey to, to better golf. So um, have you experienced this yet? Maybe you have not, uh, but one thing is for certain, every golfer will go through a period of golf famine, if you will, with their game. And uh, I'm hoping with a little help from the guys tonight that you'll be able to get through it and on your way to better scores and success. So, so let's get to it. So, um, so which mental time zone, as I said, are, are you, uh, do you operate in? And many of us uh, in, in the golf profession have observed many, many times over the years a common char characteristic, if you will, particularly with advanced players uh, or players that play with a little bit more frequency, uh, especially those who believe their game, uh, again, is stuck in that rut. 
So when you practice and you play your golf, you rely on memory to determine how you play their shots and also whether you can play them successfully uh, and confidently or not. So when you access stored information about your previous uh, experiences, you essentially are accessing coded or cataloged experiences from your past and using it to make decisions and execute shots in the present. So as an example, uh, how does a, a chronic slicer of the ball know that they slice when they arrive at the first tee? Well, again, they're drawing on that stored information from their past related to slicing tee shots, and they associate that past experience with tee shots in their present state. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give uh, very quickly some examples, and then we're going to go through each of them and give you guys both a chance because there's uh, the two of you tonight uh, give you a chance to, to sort of give the pros and the cons of each. Um, and, and one of the ways that um, I guess we all sort of fall into a motivational strategy uh, for how we get things done. Um, so the question I'm asking you folks listening to the show is, do you use any of these? Um, the first uh, A would be, uh, I'll do it now, which means a reference to the present. Uh, B is, I'll get to it later, which of course means in a future time. And I've done it before. I know how to do it, which uh, again reflects uh, in the past. So really there are three things, either past, present, or future. Uh, we're going to start, um, and Clint, I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with the past-oriented golfers, or as I like to call them, the historians. These golfers often reference their improvement strategies the most from past experience. They say things like, I've always done this this way or that way, or my teacher always told me this, and they quite often mm -hmm. find it difficult to plan in the future because of the strong orientation and ties to the past. Um, they also like to bring past stories into their compliments, and they're very... Um, very hesitant for a lot of change. So I want you to talk about, um, and then John, I'm going to get you to talk about the pros of this um, because there are both pros and cons. So Clint, you're going to start with the cons and really about mm -hmm. going back into the past and pulling back some of that, those past thoughts, those past memories, some of the dangers and some of the pitfalls in doing that and bring into your golf game. Well, I think there, there's, quite a few things that you could talk about here, but one is that whenever we've been, let's say a good player in the past. Okay. Let's start even, and this may take just a minute. Let's start as a, a mm -hmm, young junior player. Okay. Young junior player, you know, maybe 10, 12 year old kid. Um, it, it goes out to play golf and it takes him three shots to get it to a par four. It takes him four shots to get it to a par five, you know, and, so he just keeps playing. He's a pretty good ball striker, and he grows and he grows. His improvement level is going to come from nothing more than getting bigger and stronger. They just really didn't get him better. He just got mm -hmm. strong enough to get to the par four and two. So he literally just by simply growing up could maybe shave one shot a hole off. So he improved 18 shots just by getting bigger and stronger. Really didn't improve the way he struck the ball or didn't know anything, but that memory – he really didn't understand how he got better. So there, there's no historical data to fall back on to try to figure out how they got better. Now, once I begin to start making some assessments of my game from top to bottom versus making assumptions on why I'm not getting better, the biggest mistake that most people make is taking that historical assumption and thinking that's still the problem. Mm. You know, uh, when I was 30 years old, I worked on certain things. Now I'm 63 years old. I can't fall back on the way I used to do it because I'm twice as old now. I can't do it the way I used to. 
right. and maintain any playability. So therefore, what I have to be able to do as I go through this learning process of improvement is to develop the path that I took to get there, but to recognize the fact that I continually need to have an assessment time that says, okay, why am I not getting better? It's the biggest problem. We talk about it all the time. Why are people not getting better? Is simply because most of the time they're assuming a problem versus making some kind of assessment of what the true problem is to where they can prescribe a cure for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's kind of like taking a cough syrup medicine for something other than the cough, you know. Right. So we want to be able to assess where we're at today. That pitfall is if you begin to still assume that the path you took to get better <clears throat> 10 years ago is the same path you need to take now, is that old adage, you know, that history repeats itself, you're not going to get any better. You're only going to go back to the way you thought you were doing the best. Mm-hmm. But you want to get better today. So you you can't make the, the, the thing in the past using that analogy is that you're doomed to, to not get any better. Simply, You're not the same person. You, right. you, you've gotten bigger, stronger, whatever. You have to take that knowledge you learned about the game about what the club should be doing and whatever, but you should truly go through an assessment process. We do this through the R3, a true assessment process of why you're not getting better. Don't assume that it's the same thing it was five years ago because mm-hmm. that's, that's the mistake that most people make. Well, I used to do this. Well, they tried again, and, well, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not capable of swinging the golf club the way I did 30 years ago, so there's no question. If I fall back on that, I'm not going to do any good. It, 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 I'm just not going to because my body and, and mind maybe and from a, an emotional standpoint won't manage that anymore. So I have to assess, okay, what, where am I at now? And then assess how am I going to get better from here? Don't fall back on that old thing because it's just not going to work. Well said. Um and and you're exactly right. And you know something else too, um, John. As I, I get you to sort of focus more on the on the pro side of of you know uh, drawing from the past experiences and that. You know something else that's very common with this particular golfer that again reflects uh, very often in their past. Um, inclined to be tend to be more stubborn. Uh, also tend to resist new information unless it's. Uh, uh, you know, consistent with successful strategies they have used in the past, which, you know, I certainly can understand. Uh, and they can get quite frustrated when they struggle to make progress, often not realizing, you know, that maybe because they're relying heavily on reviewing and reliving past experience that often they cannot find a strategy from their past that will help them move forward. So, um, but there are some pros in that. And, and I know Clint touched on a little bit of that, but I'd maybe like you to expand a little bit more. Uh, obviously, there are some advantages, um, you know, forgetting a little bit of uh, the age uh, transition, if you will. But if you're somebody that's out there and, and you've been playing, say, from last season, uh, maybe the last couple of seasons and comparing it to, you know, what we're going to do this year, um, there's some pros that we can learn from our, our past. So uh, a pro uh, factor. So talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind, John. This is a really apropos subject matter for me over the past two weeks. I've had three different clients fall into this category. And with all three, all I try to have them do is catalog, inventory, 
the wins, the wins they're making on the golf course or at the practice facility and have them relate the processes of those wins back to the processes of their enjoyment, their improvement at a younger age. Uh, there was a key word Clint used to soon. He said it four or five different times. Uh, a synonym that I use is expectation or expect that this is going to happen. Well, expect, expectations, assumptions, they're all dangerous. There's, there's goals without a plan for each of them. And in order to get that to be a, a pro, in order to be able to use your past as a pro, you got to go back into your catalog of wins during that process, whether it's five years ago or 50 years ago, and understand that there was a process. You may not have understood it. You may not have been cognizant of it, but there was a process. And most likely that process repeated things in a similar order, if not the same order, and this allowed your brain to catalog and inventory those wins. So often I'll see people, I used to do this. I can't understand why I can't do this. And I'll just stop them in their tracks, some of them stubborn, and say, well, time out a second. What are you doing right now that's working? And let's build upon this. It is something you've done in the past. It's quite obvious. It's still the same person. You're still going to have somewhat the same style, somewhat still the same motivation. The body the machine you're using, hey, it's got some age to it, but that's okay. Uh, let's see what it can do. Let's take an understanding of what the limitations are that that machine can do, but utilize the positives from the past to see not only if you can still do it, but how it works now and what are the differences. And that's really the key is just to have someone understand yeah, it worked in the past, but today's the present. And there is a major delineation line between the past and the, and the present that you have to understand the differences, too. And the differences lie in the wins, the win column checkboxes. Did I square the club? Did I get the ball airborne? Was I able to gain two yards? Uh, did, I, did I make more putts in success, in succession, rather? Uh, all those little wins add up to confidence. And normally the person dwelling in the past is placing all their confidence in things they've done in the past. Uh, I hate to use this term. What have you done for yourself in the past? If you haven't, I'm sorry, in the, in the future, it's not about what you've done for yourself in the past. It's about what you're doing for yourself now and being able to connect the dots past to present with the wins, with the things you've done right. That's what you're after. Great job, uh, John, as well. Thank you, guys. That was a, a great uh, answer on both uh, aspects. We're going to do the same thing again with the, the next one, and that is with our present golfers, uh, or uh, again, as I like to call them, the journalists. And uh, these are the golfers who their tendency is to sort of experiment and dabble with different methods, um, and they really stare, stay with the same method or of improvement for, for uh, too long. They get distracted very easily and struggle to maintain consistent routines as a result. So they don't really draw on any past experiences. They're always looking. Uh, we often, you know, joke here on the panel. Um, these are the guys that are, you know, surfing through YouTube, looking for every, you know, quick fix, uh, if you will, um, you know, or on online. 
uh, improvement aid or swinging aid, and you know they're not really putting a, a bona fide game plan together. So um, I, I want you, Clint, if you wouldn't mind, talk about the cons, okay. if you will, uh, of of the sort of the present mind uh, minded golfer. Um, you know, from the perspective of, you know, they're they're not really sticking with any particular plan. They're moving here and there and hopping back and forth between instructors mm-hmm. and not really focusing. Talk about some of the dangers, if you will, and then John, I'm going to get you to do uh, conversely because there are some advantages uh, to certainly uh, to help you move forward. We'll talk to, about that when you come back. But uh, Clint, if you wouldn't mind doing sure. that, let's talk about some yeah, of the cons. Yeah, that's no problem. Sure. The the there is. The cons of this issue basically is that person, in my opinion, never is satisfied with anything they're doing. Okay, so they never find the luxury to move from one aspect of the game to the next to have a holistic level of improvement. We talk about a lot about this person, they get stuck in the mechanical portion of the game, they get stuck in the hitting aspect of the game. They never give themselves the luxury of saying, okay, this is okay right now. In order to move on over to learn how to play the game, and that's where we really show improvement, is when we can you know, do better on the course than we do on the range. Our score keeps coming down. So they get stuck in this attitude of, I just got to hit it better before I can score better, and they never break out of that. And they stay stuck and they just never get any better because they don't move on through the process of learning how to play. Now the the term we use for it is they, you know, we get into a lot about assessment and diagnosis, you know, assess yourself, diagnose the problem and prescribe something. That's what golf professionals do. We are now, we, we, we make some kind of assessment of my students. We then diagnose the problem and show it to them through videos or whatever we use. Okay, here's your problem. I want you to buy into this. I want you to understand this is your problem because we've made this assessment. And here's the prescription to cure it. The swing trainers, the, the, the drills, those are the prescriptions. So what happens with this person that never gets satisfied, they over-prescribe everything. They're always looking for the new drug. And they have to stop over-prescribing. They have to assess it, diagnose it, move to a point to where they're comfortable with it, and that's the biggest problem. And if you really want to get down into it, it all kind of boils down into their belief system on how good they really can be. Okay? They just don't ever believe that they can move on to learn how to play. And to me, we use this as you're over-prescribing your problems. Don't stay with the stay with the diagnosis and what you think is the best cure for your problem. Don't keep bouncing back and forth between this cure and that cure and the next you know, the new leading tool to help help some problem, but maybe that tool is not supposed to fix your problem. So you're just right. wasting your time. It's over prescribed. So we try to get fit people to focus on looking at their game, assessing it clear diagnosis and stick with one prescription to fix that area, then move on like, and then move on to where you can come satisfied that you're striking the ball well enough that you have the luxury of focusing on your game strategy and learning how to play. Uh, and that's where the, the holistic, real genuine improvement comes from is learning how to play. Right. 
uh, again, well said. Stop Clint. oversubscribing. Right, and, and and that's a great point, John, that he makes is, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of players out there get too much information coming in. They get overdiagnosed with a problem, and they figure, well, this is something I can try, or this is something I can try. And interestingly enough, uh, a high proportion of Gen Xers and Millennials fit into the category we're talking about simply because they've been brought up with technology or as we've referred to it, the information age. And this has dramatically affected how they experience sort of the world around him. They expected to know and do things faster because their environment is continually feeding uh, them with instant information at literally the press of the button as we, we talked about. Um, but there's some pros to it as well uh, in, in, in um, retrospect to, to what Clint has just talked about. Um, the fact that they're willing and eager to seek out that new information. So talk about some of the pros um, that our present golfer that sort of in a present mindset uh, can gain, um, but put it in perspective in the sense that if they're going to seek out that new information and gather that new information, they've in turn got to put together with the help of, of their teach professional, a proper game plan and execute it and not just try this, that sort of willy nilly. So put that into a little bit better terms, if you wouldn't mind, John. I'll put it into one term and one term only, and that's feel, F-E-E-L. When you're talking about present golfers, ones that are constantly experimenting, let me try this, let me try that, the element, the sensory element that they're missing is the feel of something working. But not only working, it's got to be repeatable. And as it's repeatable, can you repeat it enough times where the euphoric sensation of wow continues to happen over and over and over again? When you're relying on technology and numbers, that's visual. No big deal there. Uh, but we, we tend to judge almost everything we do on ball flight. I'm sure anybody who appears on the panel with me with this show or anywhere else I would go would argue to their death, it is about what the ball's doing. I agree. But what are you feeling to make that ball do what you're desiring it to do? And how different is that from what you're currently doing? Let's stay in the present here. What is it that you feel? You can't taste a ball or a shot. You can't smell a shot. Some people claim they can. I'm still trying to figure out that one. You can hear a shot. You can hear a shot. And really hearing a shot is confirming what you've just performed. So that only leaves two of the five senses left. Visual, which we get 90% of our data from to begin with, whether it's a golf shot or just walking from the bedroom to the kitchen in the morning to get a glass of water. What's left is feel. And if you can start thinking about Okay, I'm willing to experiment, but the experiment's got to produce a different feeling that allows me to perform at the level that I'm desiring. The desire is the goal. And what plan of attack do I have to implement this new thing? Am I just going to haphazardly do it? That's sort of like throwing darts at a wall full of balloons. At some point, you're going to hit one, but the, sooner or later, the balloons run out. The, you've got to be able to have a plan of attack that repeats the process in the same order. I've talked about this before on the show. There's a reason why your area code is a three-digit number. There's a reason 
why your phone number is a three-digit prefix and a four-digit number, because the brain can remember those sequences a whole lot better. And when you're experimenting with something, take it in those sequences and then make the comparison as to what you feel now versus what you're desiring to feel and consult with a, with a PJ professional, a coach who can help you eliminate things that you'd waste your time on. Mm-hmm. Be able to compare those two feelings because it's when you get the second feeling and you have that aha moment that is repeatable, it's repeated in the same process order, is when your brain is going to make the decision, ooh, this is better. This is better what I'm doing now. I need to repeat it more often. The real the caveat to this, don't be in a hurry. Nothing good comes in a hurry. You've got to work it out. And the more you work it out, the more you feel it, the more you ingrain it. Great answer, John. Um, you know, really just to, to kind of sum this up, you know, there, again, obviously there are pros and cons to every position uh, and every sort of mental state. But I think what a lot of people that fall into this category have a problem with, and I see nothing wrong with, you know, looking at other options and investigating other options. But I think there comes a point in time, and this is where many present-minded golfers fall short, is they're not willing to commit to one or the other. They'll try it out, and if they don't see instant results right away, they're on to the next thing. And the problem is you've got to find, as, as you guys pointed out earlier, is you've got to find what works for you. Um, you know, just because XYZ is selling a particular piece of uh, equipment uh, doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. And certainly a lot of people will gain benefits from it, but there are also folks out there that maybe it just doesn't work for them. But on the other hand, there might be something else out there. So this is why it's really important, I think, to work with your, your local golf professional and and really, uh, and as you both have pointed out tonight and, and many other times, is the key thing is the assessment process. There's a reason why. It's like when you go to the doctor's office, uh, and he certainly shouldn't be doing this, You know, he's not writing out a, a prescription right away unless it's a refill and he's already done his assessment. Um, so this is an area, as a golf professional, you know, we have to assess our players and say, okay, let's examine, let's take a look at where some of the problems are, what are some of the positives that we can work with, and then we find an ex develop a, a plan of t- attack, if you will, and then execute it. But our present golfers, as, as we both or all know, rather, that um, they don't do that. They hop around, and this is why they continue to struggle, and this is why they fall into uh, the category of, of getting into a rut. Um, all right, our last uh, topic, if you will, is the future uh, golfer, if you will, that the visionaries. Uh, and, uh, again, I'll start with Clint, and you're going to talk about the cons and and uh, John, you'll you'll finish up with the pros. Um, these are golf uh, our golf dreamers, if you will, who are are good at setting targets uh, and goals, which you know we certainly like. Uh, that helps to drive them and their games forward. Uh, they often talk and reference future events and use it to get excited about how good their future events are going to be. And they like to describe their improvement in terms of what it'll be like when they get there. Um, they are driven by performance targets they establish and are the most patient golfers out there of the three uh, time orientations because they plan uh, what they want to achieve and tend to stick to that plans uh, to those plans uh, the best. 
Um, so, you know, from a from a negative standpoint, or, or not negative, but for uh, the con, if you will, Clint, um, it's good to be thinking about and, and setting goals and making plans. Um, but there are also some cons with that if it's not done and executed properly. Um, and if you're just making goals, but if they're not the right goals. So I want you to talk about some of the cons that maybe our future visionary uh, players, uh, some of the problems they can run into if, if they're not careful. Well, I, I think that you mentioned goals. Uh, we, you, you can call it a lot of different things. I mean, there's, it's a semantical difference. I don't typically ever call anything a goal. Is that what the future person really has to do very detailed in order for that to be where they can develop the proper plan to get where they want to be is have a very clear and detailed understanding of what they want their game to look like. We want to have the end in mind. What do they want their game to be like a month from now, six months from now? And once they have a clear understanding that that's what they want their game to look like, then we can develop, if you want to call it some goals or plans or events that we need to do, in order to make that picture turn out. You know, a lot of things build into that. If I want to, you know, become a, a scratch player, I need to make sure that I'm physically able to. I need to have a conditioning program. That's part of my plan. I need to be mm -hmm. able to, to spend X amount of days or time hitting balls. You know, I used to aggravate the people that, that, that work for me. I'd go out on the range to practice, and I'd go out there and I'd hit 10 balls come back in one day I got there and I'd hit a hundred. So what's the difference? So went out there with something I was trying to accomplish. If I accomplished it in 10 balls, I came in. If I come, if it took me a hundred, I stayed out there until I got it done. And so once you have that clear understanding of that, what it's going to look like and the con involved there, if you don't, then all your planning is going to not, it's not going to turn out to get you where you want to be. You know, um, it's just you have to be clear on what you want to look like, and you have to be committed to making the moves and the things you need to do in order to get there. And some of the things you have to do is not necessarily going to be found on the range. It's not going to be found mm -hmm. on the putting green. You know, it's going to be found in that belief system and understanding the game more. Maybe you do a little bit of research on what, the best swings look like. You kind of educate yourself along the way. So there's not just beating balls. You know, this is – I don't prescribe the idea that Hogan had that you find your golf swing in the ground. You know, you just don't beat it out of the ground. There's more to it than that. But the con, if there is one, because I tend to like this person, okay? Mm -hmm. I tend to like the person that sees where they want to go. But the real con is if they're not clear with that, they're not going to get there. So the – the the con is is making sure that you have a clear understanding of what you want to do and write down your plan and all the parts you need to deal with to get to that picture. But if the picture's not clear, that's the con. The picture's not clear, mm -hmm. then the con you're 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 developing a plan that's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Um and, and that's a great answer, uh, Clint. You know, that's the problem, John, that unfortunately as as Clint put it is is the con that 
many golfers fall into, regardless of whether they're the past, present, or future. But uh, particularly, uh, it, it can be um, just as dangerous for particularly the, the future golfer because if they're putting together these thoughts and these plans and ideas, and as Clint suggested, if it's not the right plans, um, then they're going to be spending an exorbitant amount of time focusing on things that are not going to help them improve. And all they're doing is ingraining further some of these bad habits. Um, but having said that, and, and I know there's some points that you can take away from what Clint talked about, um, there are some pros uh, uh, and advantages to somebody that, again, patience and, and willing to make <clears throat> excuse me, those commitments uh, to some future goals and, and however you want to phrase it. Um, so, John, talk about that as we uh, as we sort of cap off uh, tonight's discussion. Well, the, the play to the futuristic golfer <clears throat> is that they're looking forward. Uh, that's the biggest pro of, a, of them all. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you're not harboring ill will because of your past. You've got a clear and realistic understanding of what you are presently. And those are the two foundational elements of going forward into the future that you've learned from your past. You've eliminated some of the mistakes and that you have a realistic understanding of what's obtainable and the goals, the plans, or whatever you want to call them, are done in an incremental fashion that provides you the opportunity of reaching some goals. It's very difficult going forward if these goals are not realistic and they're extremely difficult to obtain. It's what turns people off to a lot of things, whether it's golf or anything else. So whether going forward future-wise teaches you patience, absolutely. Uh, so long as you're able to hit some goals along the way, it's actually going to grow your patience to, to be more patient with yourself, <clears throat> to be more patient with the processes that you're employing for yourself. Future, another pro to me is that you're keeping an open mind. You may have a plan, and like any good business plan or professional plan that you have for your home and, and your family, it evolves over time. And as it evolves over time, that evolution provides some flexibility for you to look at new options that fit within the plan, not necessarily it's something totally different and you got to start all over again. What are the things that literally fit into your plan? It could be technology. It could be a new strategy or a new philosophy that someone brought out that's very well-based that you and your coach decide, hey, this could work. This could literally work, and here's why. And you've got the justifiable answers as to why it will work going forward. The real key about future is not looking too far forward. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the one shot at a time theory. Uh, I talk about it as one task at a time. As you're looking to the future, be sure that you're completing the task in front of you. That is the pathway to your future. If you cannot complete this task in front of you, the future just remains that, the future. It's still obtainable. You just haven't gotten one foot in front of the other to walk that path to get there. Be patient with it. It's there. Keep being a visionary for yourself but realize every step you take into the future brings even more future possibilities to you. Well said, John. Uh, I couldn't agree more. 
you know, the thing is that I really want the listeners to take away from tonight's um, panel discussion uh, is to keep in mind that with these time orientations, um, you know, past, present, and future, is that you will see all of them every day. However, you will notice by paying specific attention to the way you describe your approach to golf improvement um, and how it will be influenced by your sense of time in the present, past, or future. So you want to pay particular attention to what you are saying and notice the clues in the way that you express yourself to others and by following um, the examples that we've given here tonight, uh, simple improvement strategies from, uh, from the discussion will get you your sense of time in balance with your improvement strategies, which again in turn will get you out of that rut uh, that you've been experiencing and back on track to some uh, noticeable uh, results. And, and I think really, <clears throat> you know, there's a again as we we talked about tonight, there are a lot of pros and cons equally in both of those areas. Um, and I think that what most people do is we all fall in some way, shape, or form into each three of those categories. Obviously, there is a more dominant uh, one for for all of us. Um, um, and so I think to to find a balance and to find somebody that can help you draw the positives out of each of those areas. So for instance, if you're somebody that really relies heavily on the past, um, you know, good um, positive conversations and, and focusing on the positive aspects of some of those past memories um, can be good and beneficial. But if you're dwelling on that round that you played last weekend with your buddies and how many holes that you hit it in the water or out of bounds, or you lost a bunch of balls, if that's what, or retrieving in your mental Rolodex, if you will, then you're going to bring that. And as I mentioned, you know, in the opening segment, um, you know, if you're a chronic slicer, if you're thinking about that and dwelling on those negative uh, thoughts every time you step up to the first tee, then that's more than likely the results you're going to get. So if you're somebody out there that's listening to tonight, uh, tonight's show and you're really struggling with your game, uh, and you're finding yourself in that rut, your handicap hasn't changed for very long, then obviously there's something that you're doing wrong. And it's not always, Clint, as you pointed out, necessarily that you're not striking the ball well. It's just how you're playing the game uh, is is not producing uh, the desired results. So what I'm going to suggest now is as the guys give you their information on how to reach out to them and communicate with them, these guys are are among the best in the business they can help you with your game. So let's take advantage of this time uh, right now where we are a little bit, uh, you know, closed in, if you will, and maybe you can't get out. And for those of you that can, then obviously that's even a bigger advantage. Um, reach out to these guys and say, hey, I really need some help with my game. Let's have a conversation. So, um, Clint, I'm going to let you go first. Let the folks know the best way to reach out uh, and, and maybe uh, offer some final closing thoughts. Yeah, Ted, I can give you one thought about this show. It's probably in the, I think, maybe five years we've been doing this together. This has been probably one of the most we've had because it really hits home with people about that they get frustrated. They can't, they're not getting any better. And, uh, you know, techniques or whatever is kind of cool to talk about. But this conversation was about how, why people aren't getting better. And it's a wonderful conversation. Uh, they can get a hold of me uh, by Clint Goff, 001 at yahoo.com. 
uh, or I will answer text at this number. I'll answer text at 864-376-4924. Uh, I won't take calls on that number. We, we will return text in, in order to set up a time. Uh, look forward to talking to people about it. I mean, to me, this is what I focus a lot on now is, is helping people get better, <clears throat> not necessarily help them hit a golf ball better, but help them improve. And there's a whole mm -hmm. lot more to improvement, as we've discussed tonight, than just hitting the golf ball down the fairway. And I think that's the right. one thing I want people to come up. If they come out of here with nothing else, there's a lot more to improving your golf game than just hitting it further down the fairway. And I do appreciate that's right. the conversation, John, and great, great to be with you again. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Clint. As always, I appreciate you uh, you bringing some some great discussion to the program as well, and and uh, injecting your thoughts and and, and viewpoints. Um, John, how can the folks uh, that want to reach out to you and and uh, take this opportunity to offer any final thoughts uh, in our closing moments of of the Coach's Corner panel? Uh, first off, Clint, thanks. Another lively discussion. Uh, tell all my friends up there in South Carolina you hang out with us. <laughs> said hello. We'll do it. Uh, Chad, again, thanks. Very much appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Always an honor. Uh, I think a final thought people can take away from this entire discussion is there's no right or wrong way. Uh, it's all based on how you believe yourself to be. There are people who live in the past, and that's okay. There are people who live in the present. That's okay. There are futuristic people. That's all okay. But I think when you really look at the successful people on earth, golfers, leaders, business people, or just the person next door, they've got a really cool style that incorporates all three. And that mm -hmm. style can be <clears throat> contagious when you understand that they're trying to take all three just so they can live one day at a time, move forward one day at a time, and always have not necessarily spinning it to the positive. I don't believe in spinning things to the positive. It's literally living things to the positive. And that mm -hmm. can certainly go a long way in a golf game, a career, or making it through a troubled time that you have no control over right now. I encourage everybody to get out and play. You can reach me. It's real easy. Everything I've done is branded to johnhughesgolf.com. I do have a remote and virtual program that whether you're in South Africa, somewhere in India, somewhere in Canada, somewhere in South America, where you're literally right next door to me, you can get some coaching from me, whether it be uh, through video, through telephone, or any other combination of communication. I uh, started back earlier in the year. Glad I did. And I hope people take advantage of it. Well said. Well, Thank you, um, uh, guys, again for for doing a great job on the on the discussion tonight. And I, and I agree with both of you. I think that, you know, uh, and this is really my um, uh, promise that this year I want to get into more of these types of conversations on the panel. You know, we we've done a lot of discussions. We've had a lot of good ones over the years, and obviously, you know, uh, some of the discussions were were framed around, uh, you know, some of the. Uh, the technology that was out there, and, and you know, to some it might seem uh, like a simple conversation, but they there was a, a method to the madness, if you will. But you know, as we move forward with this game, and we see that there are still so many uh, struggling out there, 
you know, one of the things that I noticed when I was down at the PGA show this year and, you know, saw a cast of favorites, if you will, of, of many of the same uh, folks that were presenters and, and so forth down there, I really thought to myself, you know, it's great and there's a lot of good stuff down there, but there was also some repetitiveness, if you will, in certain areas. And I think that people are looking for, and this is, goes to particularly with our present golfers that we talked about, where they're looking for the latest and greatest and they want to know what else is out there and they're hungry for that. And it, it can work to their advantage in some ways, but it can also be a disadvantage. So um, I really want to expand Coach's Corner this year and get into some more uh, in-depth discussions like we had tonight. And I appreciate, uh, I couldn't have thought of two better guys to, to have this conversation with than, than the two of you. So Thank you very much, uh, both of you, and uh, let's uh, let's hope that this uh, uh, pandemic ends quickly and everybody gets back to business and uh, we can put this behind us and get out and play some great golf. So thanks, guys, for doing it. Thank you particularly, uh, John, for, for filling in tonight. All right. Take care. No thanks, problem. Guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That was uh, John Hughes and Clint Wright uh, on – uh, the Coach's Corner panel discussion tonight, uh, really talking about, uh, as we said, really what, um, you know, the, the, the question was really what time zone, uh, mental time zone do you operate in, whether it's the uh, uh, past, which is, you know, I've done this before and I know how I can do it and, you know, I don't need this, I don't need that, uh, or whether it's somebody in the present, uh, you know, I'll do it now or, uh, I'll do it later, which represents the future. So uh, some great points that the guys brought in tonight in, into the discussion, and uh, I appreciate it very much. And uh, as we wait um, for uh, my special guest to come on, uh, Ben Slobodian, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, ben is the uh, creator of the Slobo Golf Academy, and uh, he is uh somebody who enjoys sharing uh, the love of the game, if you will, with everyone that's eager to learn. Uh, he's a graduate of the University of Las Vegas and gained his PJ Class A membership uh, from their professional golf association program back in 2015. Uh, after internships uh, internships, excuse me, around the country, uh, he joined Rancho San Joaquin as the first assistant. Uh, here he taught thousands of lessons uh, to players of all ages and abilities. Uh, he has also coached the Woodbridge High School Boys and Girls Golf uh, since 2015. Uh, his passion to teach uh, others uh, golf comes from his own experiences with golf instruction as a junior and college player. Uh, he also attended numerous uh, and local PGA teaching seminars and has uh, studied under uh, the tutelage, if you will, of golf practice owner and co-author of the PGA teaching manual, uh, Peter Donahue and PJ Pro, uh, author of the uh, play real golf and also radio host Tracy Roberts. Um, so he's got quite a resume. Um, I'm not going to read all of it out tonight because there's just a lot there, but uh, I met him actually, uh, coincidentally, uh, speaking of the PGA show, I met him this year uh, down at the PGA show. Uh, I think it was the second or, or uh, I think it might have been the second day that it had opened um, uh, for everybody to come in. And uh, we were, uh, of course, it was very, very packed, and I was sitting uh, uh, with another gentleman and just having a bite to eat, and Ben, and and, um, and actually, I believe it was his mother that uh, had were there, and she uh, is involved in helping his golf business, and uh, they 
managed to have a couple of seats beside me and uh, they sat next to us and, and uh, we started a conversation. I found him to be very uh, energetic and, and passionate about the game and uh, extended an invitation to come on the show. And he's located out in California. We'll get a little bit more specific uh, when he comes on the show. Uh, but a really nice guy, uh, again, very enthusiastic and very really full of, of energy and uh, I know uh, you're going to enjoy listening to him. So let me, uh, while we wait uh, just a couple more minutes for him to come on, let me just remind everybody, uh, as I mentioned in uh, the previous show, uh, I recently uh, acquired a Golf Tips magazine uh, from the media company that uh, owned it before, and uh, still going through some of the transition uh, period right now as uh, different assets and so forth are, are being set up and, and uh, rebranded and what have you. Um, so there's going to be, and obviously, uh, again, with what's going on uh, globally right now, there is going to be a little bit delay um, in the next issue coming out. The last issue that came out was March-April, which has already been out to the newsstands and all, also up to subscribers. Um, so the next one in, in line will be, of course, May-June. Um, we're going to be working on um, with the, uh, the the various partners as to when exactly that will be released. And we're hoping to get it out as soon as possible because we know many of you are bored at home right now and wanting something to read or do and you're uh, exhausted all your, your Netflix series and Hulu and everything else. So um, we're going to try and get out. So just be patient and uh, also with the e-newsletter as well. Um, but in the meantime, uh, feel free to go to uh, the website, uh, golftipsmag.com. Uh, there's lots of great archive videos and so forth, and I'll be uh, beginning to update some of that here shortly. Uh, and as we get uh, all of the uh, contributors to the magazine uh, lined up and ready to go with uh, some new content, we'll get that new uh, issue uh, out to you as soon as we can. So just be patient with us. Uh, feel free to sign up to the newsletter, though. Um, we'll be uh, excited and happy to get that out to you. So um, I've already introduced him, so let me bring him on, and uh, we'll have a great discussion with my special guest tonight, uh, Ben Slobodian. So please welcome my very special guest. Good evening, Ben, and welcome. Hi, How are you? Hi, Ted. Ben, ben Slobodian, great to have you again, man. Nice to meet you again. Uh, <laughs> well, I've already filled the folks in. I've already uh, given them a little bit of background information on uh, – on who you are and, and actually how we met uh, down at the PGA show. I thought it was kind of a, an interesting uh, way. Uh, as they always say, over over a meal, you uh, you have some great conversation, you meet some great people. So uh, that was our story, and that's how we met. It was so it was so great meeting you there too. It was it was totally by accident. So uh, it's so nice to meet great people like yourself, and it's so great great for you to have me on your show. I'm very excited to uh, be able to be a guest with you. Well, I appreciate it, Ben. And uh, as I said, I've, I've let the folks know. Um, now, as I mentioned to them, uh, you're based out of uh, California. And, um, you know, as I, I mentioned at the beginning of my show t yeah, tonight that, um, you know, obviously there's a lot going on globally right now with the pandemic. So I know it's affected uh, some people in the country more than others. So maybe you can just give us a, just a, a brief synopsis, if you wouldn't mind, before we get into the discussion tonight. Um, how are things out in your neck of the woods um, what have been some of the uh, the issues and, and concerns that uh, that you've been experiencing so far? Well, uh, here in Southern California right now, we're based out of Newport Beach, uh, down on the actually on the other side of SNA, on uh, the other side of the tarmac over there. Um, basically, uh, all the cultures that come and see us, um, everybody's kind of wearing masks all around. But uh, we are closed right now. Uh, but uh, 
just to give you a little view, most of the golf courses in Southern California and in the California area, everybody's just staying inside and um, doing golf right. videos and uh, doing competitions and uh, doing everything they can to work on their game uh, in the back of the house usually. Yeah, and and you know what? That's that's the you know is as difficult as it is right now for many folks, uh, not only here in the United States but around the world. Um, for those of you that that maybe have been quarantined or or, or self quarantining, if you will, um, you know this is a great opportunity to maybe do some of those projects you've been wanting to do for a while. Take advantage of that of this time. Um, that we've we've been given, whether again it's voluntary or involuntary, uh, and particularly for those golfers that maybe you can't get out to the golf course right now, this is a great opportunity. It's been uh, suggested to work on some things. So, um, and there's a lot of great professionals out there with, right, with technology, Ben, that you know we can interact the, the very easily. Uh, yep. Yeah. Also, we got um, a lot of uh, a lot of different things going on. Uh, great time to get in the weight room. Great time to work out. Uh, great time to get back in shape. Uh, to rehab your body um, where they used to, uh, if you have any pain in your body and stuff like that, um, so that you can get back on the golf course when it is time. Right, exactly. Well said. Okay, so so the first question I want to ask you is, and I, and I ask this of many of my guests, especially new guests that, that are to the show and that, um, you know, there are a lot of array of sports out there, and I'm sure, you know, through uh, your uh, growing up period, you probably had the opportunity to play a lot of sports, but somewhere along the line, golf became um, uh, 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 sort of in the forefront, if you will. So why golf? What, what was it, uh, um, you know, that attracted you to golf and why not another sport? And I'm referring to obviously you've, you've chosen that this is a career path. What was it about golf uh, that you liked and what was it that sort of drew you uh, to the opportunity that you have now? Well, the opportunity I had, I was given a club at the age of basically three, three years old um, and I kind of just took it and ran with it and other sports kind of got in the way. And then I actually found golf back in high school and um, coach Tracy Roberts, who's a mentor and like a second father to me. And uh, as well as my papa and my grandpa and people were like, hey, why don't you just play golf? Like you don't get hurt and you're, you're not going to college. You're not going to get a, a brain injury. And I was like, that's great. That's a great idea. I said, well, let's go make the golf team in two weeks. And I did. And um, ever since then, I, um, I wasn't shooting the scores that were to get on the PGA tour. Um, and I realized right. that at a little bit of a younger age and <clears throat> I really enjoyed coaching, which is what I really love to do. I, I have a passion for it and I get geeked up every day to, to go to work, man. I, I literally, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm literally biting it, I'm biting at the chops, man. I'm ready to go uh, every day. So, um, yeah, that was, that was how that came. Uh, made the golf team in two weeks, then I played a little college, and um, it was it came just naturally to me um, as a kid. And um, I've met a lot of great PGA professionals along the way who um, who have made me look really smart. Well, it's good, and and you know, you know, obviously there are a lot of folks out there that have had the, the similar opportunity where they started and had a golf club in their hands at a very early age. And I've said this to many people that that I've worked with over the years that once you get bitten by that golfing bug, I don't care who you are. I've even had some of the most staunch uh, uh, opposers of golf that uh, I just don't get it, don't understand it, don't want to chase this little white ball around the, the golf course. And of course there's many colors now, but um, at that time it was pretty much just white golf balls. But 
Um, I've seen them go out there you, and wait, wait, all of a hey, sudden. You didn't have the flying ladies? You didn't have the flying ladies? Yeah. You didn't no, have the pinball? No, we didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not, not when I was growing up. Trust me, they didn't have that. But you know what I mean. It, it, they just really were dead set against it. Just didn't see the 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 you know the benefit of it and and the the purpose of it. But yet when they get out to that practice tee or they get out for the first time and you know hit a couple of decent shots mm-hmm. and you know they were hooked. So um, and, and it's very you know very evident in when I met you a few months back in the PGA show and and obviously talking with you tonight that you are very passionate and really enjoy and love teaching this game. What Ben? What area? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an area of particular uh, part of uh, that you that you really like teaching? I love teaching all ages. I mean, I, I see um, three years old all the way up to I had a 98 year old um, woman who came and saw me who she she had a Tesla that drove it there and she had me go get her back. But I love teaching uh, beginners and I love teaching short game. Um, I really love um, the art of short game and being able to start from closer to um, the actual green and working your way back. Um, I've learned that from a lot of different PGA professionals and um, it really works. Um, It shows them scores as well as people being able to enjoy the game. Um, The golf swing's not, not everything in golf. It really is uh, about the relationship that I'm able to create with every one of my students and for them to really Mm -hmm. believe in themselves. Well, and it also, you know, it goes to, and unfortunately, and I'll be the first to admit it, that for, for many, many years, I think the industry focused on the power game um, and really, you know, sort of put the emphasis, well, the further you can hit it and let's let's get you, you know, hitting it whatever many yards off the tee. And a lot of people bought into that, but they really shied away because it wasn't as, as interesting, if you will, to, to the average golfer um, for referring to the short game. And you as a professional and, and the many other professionals that have been on the show that I've worked with and spoke to uh, agree with what you just said. And that is, you know, you want to be able to score and, and, you know, it's great to be able to bomb at a mile, but if you're, if you're not able to score well, then you're just falling into that same trap. And we had a conversation earlier uh, on the panel discussion tonight and, we talked about this very thing where people are focused on the wrong areas and that's why they get into a rut and they're just not able to improve. So it sounds to me like what you're really doing is you're wanting to give people an opportunity to score and play well. And you're focusing on the parts of the game that are going to help them achieve that. Is that pretty accurate? That's exactly what I'm focused on. Um, Also, you come to, you come to me um, and all of my students will tell you this. Um, I'll ask you what your goals are, and we're going to try and shoot for the stars. There's no, there's no limit to how great you can be. I believe that you can be as great as you want to be. You just have to put in the time. It's how good do you mm-hmm. want to be is the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's exciting. Though. Well, and, and this is the thing. This is the thing. It's really about any anything in life and not just golf, but but particularly golf. I mean – you know, you can be taught everything and you can be shown everything, but if you're not willing to commit and, and put in the effort to hone those skills, um, then it, it's really for naught. And this is one of the, uh, the hurdles, I think, that a lot of professionals is is making it not only accessible, but making it fun 
Um, and I think that's why working with children, like you said, is it makes it really extra exciting because they get excited about, I mean, if they hit the ball 30 feet, 30, you know, 30 yards or 20 yards or what have you, they're pretty excited, especially the little kids. So, you know, making it fun and enter. Yeah, exactly. So this brings me to, to really, um, my next question for you is, um, You've you've created an academy called the Slowo Golf Academy, and I got to say this is really kind of interesting. When I went onto your website, I really love the um, the imagery because you've got uh, as part of your your branding is a turtle, and obviously it's you know slow and steady um, really wins the race. And I think that was probably a little bit. Obviously, it looks kind of cute, so I'm sure that was part of it. But you know that really goes to I'm sure your methodology, and that is you know let's have fun, let's make it interesting. But let's, you know, not try to rush through everything and try to make everything quick and, and let's, you know, be, be you know, critical of, of working on the things we need to work to improve. So tell us about the Slowbo Golf Academy. How did that come about and, and what was really so sort of your golf, thought behind it? We do have a turtle who is, um, who is our main mascot right now. There will be more that join him um, in the near future for kids clubs and different things as well. But Slowbo Golf, the reason why the turtle even came uh, to be, and I didn't even get a chance to tell you this yet, Ted, which was uh, a friend of mine actually made the logo um, who, uh, he said, hey, check this out. I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way. A turtle, it sounds like slow, slow bow, right? You put it together with my last name, and I was like, that's perfect. So uh, right. the turtle actually came to be, and uh, it worked really well with, with my kids' groups, as well as my adults' groups, mm-hmm. as well as my ladies' groups and everything. And um, I threw it out to a bunch of people, and they loved it. And now we're starting gear and different things, and we'll have stickers coming out. We, uh, for a bunch of viewers, a bunch of viewers wanted to call in, and we'll give you guys a bunch of hats too. But um, the cool thing was um, we Slowbo Golf is in Newport Beach, and we're able to have um, some great programs over there. And, and on my website, if you check it out, Ted, it's it's awesome. Like you said, I love it. And we're able to have everything from kids to uh, uh, adults, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just want to make sure that the game is fun at the end of the day. We don't want to. I couldn't. Uh, and I, yeah, go ahead, Sean. No, not a problem. Well, I see actually we have a couple of callers. I'm going to take the first one. Uh, they're calling in from uh, 862 area code. So let me uh, bring them on. I think they want to say hello and, and see if they've got a question. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. You're on with Ben Slobodian. Oh, You're with Slobo, baby. No, I'm sorry. Let's go. No, actually, I think they, I think that one dropped. Let me, I think this one here. Uh, this is from 908. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Hi. Am I on? You yes, certainly you are. are. You're on with, with Ben Slobodian. Do you want well, to say hello or do you have a question? Susan Slobodian, his aunt. Oh. He taught me how oh, to play my. golf. And I never had a better game. Uh, we live in New Jersey. I wish I could take more lessons with him. He's the best, and I can't say enough about him. Everybody should join his uh, golf school. He is the best. Thank you Perfect. so much. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. No, uh, it's wonderful to have you on. Um, and to hear your voice, it's been a long time, and uh, and I'm so glad that your game's going so well, and uh, I'm glad you're making more putts out there in New Jersey. 
Okay, I'm coming out to California, and I'm going to take more lessons. Everybody should take a lesson. It will certainly improve their game. Take care. Now, Sue, let me ask. Yes? All right, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. What I was going to ask you really quickly before you go is um, what what was one thing particularly that Ben helped you with um, that that you've noticed a big improvement in? What area uh, of the game? Well, I was a first-time golfer, and uh, the golf club we belonged to, the I was having a problem with divots, and it was mm-hmm. very embarrassing. But Ben helped me with my swing and how to do it properly. And certainly my golf club was very appreciative of that, not ruining <laughs> their greens. No, okay. Uh, all right. Thanks well, Sue, thank you very much my for my call. Okay. I'm very happy. All right. You keep up the great work. Bye, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. All right. Well, you're you're hitting them out even in New Jersey. What a great way to uh to uh have uh, have your aunt call in and 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 talk about um how you've helped her game and I'm sure the the golf course superintendent out in New Jersey is is probably equally as grateful and um and and thankful that you've been able to help her out. So let me ask you um just very quickly, what were some things that you ta- do you remember that you talked to her about at the time um in addition well, to obviously what? you know sw- swinging the club no, definitely. When when we were working together, uh, she was really just she was digging into the ground. Uh, so the big thing at Slow Ball Golf Academy is, and a lot of my students will tell you this as well, um, and from me, Ted, that the way that I work uh, from the game of golf as a coach is I work from the ground up. I'm not one of those band-aid fixers. So um, mm-hmm. for a lot of listeners out there, they they're looking for a quick fix, and I'm not a quick fix guy, I will tell you straight up it's going to take probably about five or six sessions for us to grasp what we're actually talking about, meaning getting to the actual minute thing that makes you better. So yeah, she took a couple lessons with me, but she was digging into the ground. So we started with her footwork and made sure she had a little bit of balance Mm -hmm. and then worked her way up through her body. And within the first couple sessions, even in the first session, she was back to sitting both pretty good and not digging into the ground. But really making sure that she had good posture and uh, and letting the balance take care of itself from there and getting her on plane. You know, and that that's a great testament because, you know, it, it just goes to show you that if you're given the right instruction and shown the right things to work on, it doesn't take very long to see noticeable changes. The problem, I think, Ben, and you would probably agree with this with a lot of our, our club golfers and a lot of our amateurs out there, is they see all these videos or they read all these articles and – they think, okay, this is my problem, and they really haven't been properly assessed or had somebody like yourself that's looked at them and said, okay, here's some areas that we need to work on. They're just basing it on information or sometimes misinformation, and this is why it's important to get out there and work with your local professional, um, whether it be PGA or LPJ, and say, hey, you know, I really need some help with my game. What can you do for me? And go through that assessment process and let them find out specifically what your problems are, and as uh, you you know you indicated, and as she indicated uh, with your aunt Sue, is that you were able to identify some of the issues that she was having, and obviously uh, she's a happy golfer. So um, we just good, want to make people yeah, happy good. and uh, make them better. All right. Well, it looks like we might have another caller, hopefully uh, here, and it looks like they're calling from uh, your neck of the woods. So let's bring them on and, and see if they uh, have a question or maybe just have a comment. Uh, Let's Good see. evening and welcome to Golf Talk 
yeah, good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live, and you're on with Ben Slobodian. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, yeah, sure can. can. You're, you're, go ahead, do you have a question for Ben? Or you just... Uh, just call in and say hi. I miss you, Benny, and Larry Mountford. How are you? Hey, Larry, how are you? Great to hear from I'm you. I'm good. good. Oh, my God, we just hey, had a post um, on. Go ahead. Hey, why don't you, go ahead, Larry. Uh, uh, just a comment of a coach. I mean, I, I've loved taking lessons from Benny, and I think what makes a great coach, uh, both a mentor, friend, somebody that – and I've watched him, other people before me and after me in lessons, just, you know, he's focused, and he makes that person feel the most important. His main focus is to help you improve. Um, so I think that's what makes a great coach, and certainly Benny has that in space. Um I've enjoyed the process, you know, building from the ground up, like you say. And I was the worst short game player ever. And (laughs) and I'm I'm decent now. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're hitting chip shots so close, everybody's looking. (laughs) No, I know. I've had many comments, and I say, hey, that's Ben. He he did it. (laughs) Hey, well, well, Larry, let me ask. Smart baby. Yeah, Larry, let me ask you a question um, just about uh, some of the things that, that you've experienced. Um, you mentioned, obviously, that uh, like many golfers out there, you struggled for a little while, and Ben has helped you. What specifically, what area or what specifically did Ben help you with that maybe you could share with the listeners? Well, I, I really realized it's a very incremental process, you know, and, it, and it's been both exhilarating and frustrating all along the way. Um, you know, both as I've improved and had setbacks and jumped ahead, both in technique um, from the swing, you know, from the, from the takeaway to the hand position um, and just how to feel it. But, um, you know, I think what really helped me is when we start getting, got to a certain level and start talking about the process, you know, of how mm-hmm. to approach the shot um, and how to look at, the next shot, um, you know, as you're going to take it and just approaching it and getting in the process, you know, every single shot. I mean, I think my game jumped to where, you know, I told Benny, I'm never frustrated on the golf course anymore. Never, never come off and say, Oh, I played terrible. I, I may have hit some bad shots, but <laughs> I mean, through the right. whole round is, is more consistent, you know, and I think that's well, the process rather, you know, as I, well, and, progressed in swing technique and ability. Right. And that's what you want. And, and, you know, even the best, Larry, even the best players in the world um, struggle with different parts of their game. But um, one thing that they, they do know is that if they understand the fundamentals and understand how to execute the shots, um, that they're going to quickly be able to recover. And ultimately they're going to have fun. And and as you're now uh, enjoying the game and you're always going to have some, ups and downs and some difficult shots here and there that you might be faced with. But the fact that you've now been given the tools to go out and improve and the more you play and the more you focus on some of the things that, that Ben has taught you, um, you're going to have a much more enjoyable round of golf and you'll be playing it well, uh, you know, for many, many more years. So thank you very much, Larry, for calling in. We appreciate it and uh, be safe out there and, and happy golfing. Thank you very Larry, much. Play well. Uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we, I see we've got a couple more, so let's take one. Uh, we've got one from the 714 area code, so let's bring them on. 
uh, and very quickly to uh, say hello to, uh, to Ben Slobodian. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Hello. Hi, good evening. You're on welcome. with Ben Slobodian. Do you have do you have something you want to uh, ask him or do you want to just say hello? We doing okay over there? Go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Do you have a we question for Ben or, or did you No. Might be. All right, we got one more here from the 510 uh, area code. Let's bring them on. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Did you want to uh, have a question or did you want to just say hello to uh, with Ben Slobodian? Yeah, I have a question. It's Vince Saunders in Piedmont, California. Ben, oh, my you know, a lot goodness. Of us are... <laughs> how the hell are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I've had the opportunity to play around with Ben, fantastic golfer, good instructor. But Ben... A lot of us right now are um, shelter in place, and we're working on stretching routines and different cardio workouts to prepare ourselves and better our golf game. Um, are there stretches or cardio workouts that you can recommend that we can do at home um, until we can get back out there on the golf course? You know, definitely. That, that's a great question, Vince. I, um, I, I definitely have your cell phone number, but to tell all the viewers, or excuse me, the listeners out there, um, I am TPI certified as well uh, down here in Oceanside uh, Titleist Performance Institute. And there are different stretches and such um, that you can do. Um, so even for all you listeners out there, just even being able to touch your toes. I mean, if you're stood up, so if, if everybody just stands up right now, if you could, and I don't know if anybody's, and just make sure you don't hit anything. Um, if you are in quarantine, whatever you're doing right now. Okay. If you stand up right now, if everybody can just bend your knees real quick and then grab your toes and then from there, extend your legs slowly, you're going to be able to get your hamstrings warmed up pretty good. I don't know if you're sitting in the car, Vince, but if you're able to do that as much as you can, you're going to get those hamstrings going. Also, some other stretches that you can do is sitting on a bench, putting your right knee up over your, uh, over your left, so your right foot's going to go up your left knee, and vice versa, and pushing down onto kneecaps slowly. That's going to get the actual glute muscle to uh, uh-huh. to actually start uh, stretching out a little bit, as well as uh, there's a lower back um, workout that you can do too, where if you're sitting on a bench itself, sitting to the edge of the bench itself, and then from there putting your hands and interlocking them, putting them behind your head. I don't know if I'm going too fast for you, Vince. That's good. But if you put if you put your hands right behind your head and then knees are going to be together, turn to your right hand side and you got to keep your knees together as you're doing it. Your lower back uh-huh. is going to be stretched out. Fantastic. And you do it on both sides. That's going to help a little bit too. Um, some great workouts that you can do. I'll send you those too. Um, that's compliments of Rick Stassi. Um, I don't know if he works with a lot of um, professional athletes mm-hmm. in uh, the USA team right now. And, um, a lot of non-impact on the knees, but um, just a couple for you, Vince, to, to help you out there. Yeah, that, that's Perfect. helpful, Ben. Thank you. And then, Ben, on your website, do you have some of these stretches and things that we can work on? Do you know what? That's a great that's a great call there, Vince. I, I will actually upload those for you so you guys can uh, be able to have those up there. That's a great idea there. I love that. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Perfect. it. You're very welcome. All right, All right Vince. 
Stay stay safe, Vince, and happy golfing, and thank you for calling in. Have thank you. Away, Vince. All right, bye-bye. All right, I think we have our 714 uh, caller uh, again, um, Ben, so let's see if we can bring uh, them back on, and hopefully we'll have a little better connection this time. All right, good evening. You're on with Ben Slobodian. Do you have uh, a question or, or a, a comment, or you just want to say hello? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How good. are you? I'm good. I actually have a question for Ben. Who's this? Okay. How can I get a lesson from you? You can actually go onto my website, um, or you can go on my Instagram. Um, so you're going to go to www.slobogolfgolfacademy.com. And you can actually book through my website. It's through Square, which um, we're trying to be super hip over at Slowbo Golf Academy with making lessons easy to book um, on the website. So once you do book it on there, once we are uh, back open over at, at Newport Beach Golf Course, uh, we are going to be able to, to book you there. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Well, perfect. I'm looking forward perfect. to it. Perfect. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much for. Yeah, thank you for calling in and and uh, and um, now, have you just uh, are you obviously a new golfer? Yeah, I've only been playing about a month. And what is your name? Oh, so yeah. My name is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, Hannah, well, thank you very much for. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, for calling in, and, and um, if you reach out through, as he said, through either his Instagram account or uh, his website, uh, Slobo Golf Academy, uh, you can book the lesson directly through there. And, uh, and happy golfing, and good luck, and welcome to the game. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. Welcome to golf. Are right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, there you go. You got, look at that. I think that, I think that's the first for the show that we actually had somebody that wanted to book a lesson, right? Well, we should, we should have got that website up and done it right here on, on live, but, um, all right. Hey, so, Ted, it, it, um, it's let's go baby. Yeah. Go let's ahead. Get it going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about, uh, a few other things. I've got some more questions and that was a, a great, uh, a great segment there to have some people calling in and, and saying hello and, and some questions. We love doing that here. Um, now, you know, as you talked about, you touched on a little bit earlier, um, you offer some, some great clinics for both men and women. Tell us a little bit about each. How do they differ, Basar? Do they differ at all from one another? Obviously, um, you know, you may approach uh, the game a little bit differently with, with men than you do women. Uh, do you see that as, as something that uh, you've had to do over the years? Actually, great question. Uh, men versus women. Um, we'll start off with, with the men first. The men are very much so into let's go. I want to know what I need to yep. do. I got to make sure that my swing's perfect. I got to make sure I bomb it 300, 400 yards if they could. Um, and yep. they're really focused on getting that done. Um, and they're not as social during those clinics. Um, they are focused. They will be a little social if you get them to be a little social, but if they don't have to be, they're focused on their game. Um, that's a little bit of a difference uh, with the women. The women are very much so um, bubbly and giggly, and they're ready to uh, right. to really just socialize. And they're going to socialize while you're you're coaching them too. But 
we want to make it fun for both the men and women. So we kind of uh, break it down a little bit. So yeah, the, the women are a little bit more social during it, but we still get what we need to get done. And uh, we allow those clinics so that people can have fun, but also at the same time, we want to be able to get um, the content that, that we want uh, our students to have so they can get better every time. I want to, um, I want to skip ahead one one question here, then I'll come back to to another one I have um, because I want to make sure we get this in. Um, you've got uh, on on your website, you've you've uh, got a group, if you will, uh, that you refer to as the Slobo Kids Club. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that happen? Kids Club right now, what we had is a summer camp um, that we do when the kids are um, during summer, and we have some great coaches um, that come in, usually from the high school team. Um, that I'm the assistant coach at, and we have a great mm-hmm. time uh, with former uh, former students who uh, are of the age to coach, so they have to be at a certain age to coach, um, and for them to just give back to the game. Um, we've had some great students who, or excuse, excuse me, great players who have come through. Some of them are state champions. Um, some of them, um, we've won CIF titles. Um, we could go on and on about it, but it's it's amazing because they're able to share stories with these kids uh, that will impact them the rest of their lives. I mean, um, they're not professional golfers yet, but they're giving them stories mm-hmm. so that they can set their, their dreams and what they want to do if they want to play golf. If they don't want to play golf, then they still have stories to be able to tell. Um, but, yes, we do have those during the summer. Um, they are um, – we are the only – Golf Academy in uh, in California right now that does have a drop-in program, meaning that mm-hmm. if you're only wanting to come in one day, meaning that if the kids want to try out golf and they're not sure about it, they drop right. in for one day. But but usually after that first day, I mean, I've, I had so many great campers. I call them campers, but I had so many great campers <laughs> over the last um, last year. I mean, we've been open a year or so, and they're just fantastic. I I get so geeked up just even talking about kids because they're they're electric, man. Uh, but, but yeah, we do we do have a half day and then we do have a full day. But the most important thing is with the kids' club itself is making sure the kids have um, the fundamentals to be able to be able to get onto the golf course. And once we have the fundamentals of chipping, putting, being able to actually hit the golf ball, and even if they're not able to get the ball fully up in the air every single time, we want to show them how to play golf. That's the most important thing because especially as people are getting older, if they don't know where to stand and what to do out there, it's, uh, it becomes a lot of havoc on the golf course. And we want to make sure it's a smooth ride for the kids and they have a great time. Yeah. And, and they've, you know, they've got obviously a lot of youthful energy and, and they're eager and they're actually easier because um, they're more like a sponge. I mean, you know, I can remember going through school and that it was easier to learn than it, than it was, you know, fast forward 30, 40 years. Um, so there's an advantage to, you know, to getting them out there early, uh, and teaching them this game. And again, whether they have aspirations of, you know, being the next, uh, you know, uh, tour player, or they just want to go out there and have something else to do. And, and it's really a game for life because as you know, many of the other sports, there comes a point in time, you have to kind of give it up. It's just too much, uh, uh, body contact or too many other issues um, that come arise. But uh, mm-hmm. golf is one of those games that, you know, you can be mm-hmm. 60, 70, 80, even 90 years old and still be out there swinging a golf mm-hmm. club. I want to talk uh, just one other area also, yeah, if you about kids. Also, on the website, too. Oh, sorry, I wanted to tell you mm-hmm. this, too. 
Also, nope. if we're on the website yep. too, you can check out the Kids Club. You can watch the video on there. It's fantastic from last year. The kids were just out of control awesome. They were so cool. <laughs> so just wanted to throw that out there too. It's on the website. Yep. I, and I actually did go on and look at it, and, and you're exactly right. You can definitely tell the kids are having a great time, and that's what it's really all about is fun. Um, that's something that, you know, it, it's uh, you want to get out there when, when these kids are, are playing particularly, but everybody, not just the kids. Okay, so you also, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you a question about, and, and that is, uh, again, you've also worked with students of all levels, you know, um, from, from real youngsters up to uh, a little bit uh, further down the line. If somebody that maybe has come through junior golf, uh, maybe a program or what, and, you know, they're ready for that next level, they're thinking about uh, getting into collegiate, maybe trying to, uh, uh, you know, play for, uh, it doesn't even have to be Division One, but just a college team, um, how would you best help them prepare? What would you say to them? What would be that conversation, if you would? Um, and what would be some of the things? Because obviously they, they've got a skill because um, they've been playing through uh, golf and that, so they are skilled. Um, is it a matter of just honing those skills or is it really um, defining a game plan to help them give them the best shot possible to get out uh, in a, and, uh, and compete on, on a collegiate level? Well, to answer your question there, Ted, um, actually my coach and I have talked about this many times and uh, we go back to this is um, they got to want to do it. They got to want to do this every single day. Wake up in the morning, they got to want to go to work at that 530 they got to want to hit balls. they got to want to hit 105 footers in a row, especially when, when you're getting tired at the end of – you play 36 and you're like, okay, well, do I go home or do I hit 105 footers? Well, yeah, i gotta got to put in that extra time. Well, um, I've, I've been very lucky to coach some great players as well as um, I, have a, I have a player right now who, um, who will be a tour-bound player uh, here in the near future who um, – one day uh, we'll be able to talk about too. Uh, he's still in. He's still in a little bit of hiding. I can't bring him out yet. But yeah, to, yeah, that's okay. To answer that question for the for the uh, for the listeners out there, yeah, you, we do need to create a game plan, and we need to start almost from ground zero and and start right there mm-hmm. and say, hey, what do you want to do? Um, I have some players right now who who can be able to go to the collegiate level. Um, it's just a matter of do they want to do it. Um, sometimes. It, it's it's like work to them, and sometimes it's not. I mean, um, I've had players who come to me and they want to put together that game plan, and we jump through diet, workouts, chipping, putting, full swing, and then we do a lot of mental game too. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky to have someone alongside me who who's written one of the greatest books. Um, I I believe um, that's kind of like a workbook, the um, the Play Real Golf book, and that book has uh, really allowed me to be able to coach the game at a whole different level. So uh, to know a little bit about um, psychology and stuff like that, um, it helps me to talk to my players uh, so that they can reach that level. And it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you want to play amateur golf and just play SCGA events, or if you want to actually go at the collegiate level. I mean, um, all the mental game has to, has to be as if you want, yeah, and that's a great that's a great point. You know, this is a, an area. I mean, obviously, we're getting more and more developed into it as we go along over the years. But this is an area that, with the exception of of the high caliber players out on tour, 
that the average amateur really doesn't focus on or even think about. You know, they get out there and say, well, I just got to be able to hit the ball better and, I, and I'm going to improve my game. But they don't realize just how big um, and how really major component, if you will, of golf is mental. The physical side is I, actually yeah. easier, believe it or not, than the mental side, right? Exactly. That's that's something that, uh, and if, if all you listeners out there heard Larry beforehand, he he came to me at, he started uh, with scores upwards of the high 90s, mid 90s, and uh, now he's in the low 80s and, and on the verge of breaking 80. So um, in the course of at least a year and a half, two years. So you can drop, drop strokes just by trusting the process. I'm, and I say that to yep. a lot of my students all the time is, and you know this as well as I do, Ted, especially when you're on the golf courses, when you get out of that process, how do you get back into it? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and Ben, here's the other thing, too, that, you know, a, a lot of we see this, and I know you see it uh, in, in the various uh, groups that you've worked with, but, you know, we see that, that, that golfer that gets out on the range and they're just hitting ball after ball and they're raking it over and they're not really practicing with any sense of purpose. And then, you know, at the end of the season, they're looking back and they're saying, you know what, I still can't break 100 or I still can't break 90. And they don't really have a sense of purpose. And I think this is where, you know, as you just pointed out with Larry, is a great example because here's somebody that was having a difficult time breaking 90 and now he's about to break 80. And that's a big drop um, for any golfer. And that's going to make, you know, uh, obviously I'm sure he's not aspiring to, to play on the, the PGA Tour or what have you, but... Um, but you know, he, he's obviously excited about the game because he's seeing actual definable results. And that's what every golfer really wants. They want to see that they're improving and, and playing better because they're going to go out there and have fun. And that's exactly what we, we do at Slope Golf Academy is we want to make sure it's fun, but also we want to make sure that your goals are hit and we want to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody is um, on the same page. So, Ted, just to give you an example, every one of my students um, knows the person who is having a session before him, before them. So I'll have them basically, I'll introduce each student to each other. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because it's yep, very it's... important that we have that culture, baby. It's the culture. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great... Uh... Yeah, I think that's great to have that in, in your program and do that. I think it's a great opportunity. And, you know, who knows? Um, you know, through that introduction, um, you might introduce somebody that um, they might say, hey, you know what, maybe we'll get together sometime and play some golf. And they've got a common thread, if you will. And, and you know, you'd be surprised at uh, the types of relationships that can come out of, of something like that. I think that's a great thing. I think that's fantastic that you do that. Um, I, I think... You know, Ben, it would be safe to say, um, just based on what I experienced at the PGA show and, and obviously here on, on tonight's program, that I think it's safe to say that you're really a big kid at heart. And, you know, you're very enthusiastic, very energetic about and excited about what you do. And I think it's important to have that youthful attitude, especially if you're going to work with, with juniors and that, because they sense that. They, you know, they sense that energy and they want to sort of feed off of that would you say that's a fair statement that you, you might be a big kid at heart? For every one of my students out there and every one of my family members, everybody who's listening right now, everybody <laughs> knows the answer to this question. Yes, that is 100% yes. Uh, I, I am a big <laughs> kid at heart, and, and, and I have a lot of fun at it. I, I enjoy uh, sharing 
the passion and love I have for this game, uh, as well as just caring for people. I mean, at the end of the day, some some of my students that it's it's more important just to be a big kid sometimes and say, hey, let's have fun out there, let's enjoy it, let's enjoy the game of golf. Like, I mean, I live in Southern California, and, and Ted, you live in Florida, right? I believe. I if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm yeah. wrong, please yep. please don't hurt me here. No, okay. that's correct. Um, no, that's no. correct. <laughs> We live in beautiful weather. It's 70 degrees and sunny. How much better does it get? Yep. And then you get to play golf on top of it? Oh, my God. Yep. Like, I'm a big kid at heart even more now. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Well, and, and you know, here, here's the thing. You know, golf, and I've said this many, many times here on the show, and I've said this in person to many people, you know, golf really mimics life in many ways. If you think about it, you know, we, we all have challenges in life, whatever they may be, whether it be personal, whether it be through careers and relationships and things like that. And sometimes it can be difficult to navigate. And something that I've learned, and maybe you've experienced this as well, is it's amazing when you get on the golf course, of course, another place that you have challenges, that as you improve and begin to navigate some of those challenges with the help, of course, of a, a good uh, coach or instructor, you then begin to it translates into your personal life as you begin to say, Hey, you know what? I'm on the golf course. I'm faced with all these different challenges. And instead of letting it sort of get to me and frustrate me, I'm learning ways to cope and handle those challenges on the golf course. And then when I get home and I'm faced with similar challenges, even though they're not a bunker or it's not a water hazard or out of bounds, it's a challenge that, Hey, rather than letting it upset me in that, I'm going to figure out a way that I can overcome that challenge at home or at work, as I said before. So for me, there are so many similarities and they they really are intertwined. And it works the other way as well. As you develop through your job or what have you, and you navigate and, and overcome these different challenges, you can take those same principles and that out in the golf course and, and ultimately have more fun. So I believe there's a lot of similarities and I think a lot of people feel the same way um, and I, I think that when you go into it as you do with a positive attitude and really are there to help people become better golfers, ultimately that's going to feed over into their um, personal lives as well. I, I believe, I believe that 100% and I'm just, I'm very blessed and lucky uh, to be able to coach this game. Um, I've had great mentors who, who make me look smart and they're making me look smart today. Ted. So, uh, <laughs> It, it's a it's a lot of fun to to be able to do that and and to, and to your point once you just said it's 100 uh, percent you're going to have ups and downs and it's what you mm-hmm. do um, after the fact that that makes right. it better too right exactly and you know as we said at the top of the program uh, uh, this particular segment you know we're all facing this. Um, you know, this global pandemic right now, and particularly here, right, uh, as we speak in the United States and, and obviously in, in areas like California and New York where we're dealing with larger populations, a lot of folks are are, are shut in or locked in right now. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, your, your life comes to a screeching halt. So there's a lot of things that you can do uh, both personally and, and uh, you know, uh, take opportunities of this time to be able to spend together um, um, you know, with family and so forth, and reach out to people that maybe you haven't reached out. Maybe you can't physically go out there and see them and whatnot. Um, but, you know, even as far as golf, this is a great opportunity. You gave some examples earlier to, to Larry and some of the others uh, that phoned in. And that is, you know, with the 
online presence and that we can communicate with one another, even if we are, you know, sheltered in um, mm -hmm. and be able to work on these things so that when this immediate circumstance has passed us by and we're on the other side of it, you're going to be prepared and you're going to be ready to step out there. So whether it's working out, as you said, or doing some stretching and whatnot and keeping yourself loose and limber and working on some of those fundamentals, uh, you know, in front of a mirror or what have you, um, this is, use this opportunity uh, and reach out to folks like Ben and, and others in the business, um, in the golfing world, and uh, connect with them uh, through social media or through uh, their websites and so forth. Um, this is a great, really a great time to take advantage of that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, please feel free. Anybody who has any questions, uh, whether it be golf-related, um, uh, even radio-related on here um, or outside of here, wherever, wherever I am, um, please contact me. Um, I'm here for you and I want to make sure that everybody gets better at the game of golf. And once this does, we're uh, all hands on deck and we're going to run. Let's go, baby. Yep. <laughs> I uh, couldn't agree more. So as, as we get ready to wrap up, uh, Ben, how do, can the folks learn more about the Slobo Golf Academy and particularly how can they reach out to you? Well, um, how you can reach out to Slobo Golf Academy is you can go on my website. It's www.slobo, S-L-O-B-O, golf, G-O-L-F, academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com. Uh, you can go on my website. You can also check me out uh, on some of my hashtags on Slobo Golf Academy um, on Instagram. As well as uh, you can reach out to me personally um, at 949-275-4811. That is uh, my work line as well. Uh, please, uh, if you do call and I'm not able to answer your phone call, send me a text message. Um, I will get back to you. And uh, if you have any other questions, please do not hesitate. Um, we will have some competitions going on over the next week or so uh, because a lot of people are in quarantine and different things too. So uh, mm -hmm. please look out for it. And um, I just want to make sure we're having fun out there, Ted. And I hope you're having fun as well. Right. I agree. Certainly am. Um, I think we might have one more caller and uh, this is coming from the 407 area code. Um, so let's, uh, let's take one more call before we, uh, we end the, the segment and uh, maybe see if you can help them. Good evening oh, and, and welcome to golf talk live. You're on with Ben Slobodian. Uh, welcome to the show. Do you want to say hello? And or do you have a question? Um, hello. hello. Hey, I just want to tell a little bit of a story real quick. Yeah. Cool. Sure. Um, so I live in the uh, Florida area, so you know a lot of um, great um, courses near here and stuff. And um, sometimes, um, since a lot of the like, really big courses, you, you see some celebrities on there every now and then. And, man, some yeah. of them just don't know how to act on the golf course. And, uh, like, what's your, what's your um, I think, sir? Or do you, do you need help? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just... I was just saying, like, some celebrities don't know how to act on the golf course. Like, me, personally, I take it very seriously. You know, yeah. I dress to the nines, everything. And I look, and um, guess who's playing on the same course as me? Who? Howard Stern. Howard Stern was playing, and, uh -oh. you know, you'd think, you'd think he'd take it seriously, but, no, he was using his penis as a golf club, and I was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to well, deal with that. Uh, let's, uh... Let's, yeah, let's not deal with that. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, let's let's uh, uh, let's uh, that 
that's yeah. I'm I'm not dealing with that. Let's move on. All on. right. So yeah, no, we're we're good. That's that's it for the callers. But listen, um, Ben, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for uh, joining me here on on Golf Talk Live, and I appreciate um, you know all that you do, and and hopefully this uh, this will um, end. Uh, with the uh, with the virus and that shortly, and everybody can get back to to all hands on deck, as it were. But I appreciate you taking the opportunity and, and uh, answering some great calls uh, earlier on in the segment. And just keep doing what you're doing. And it was great to meet you down at the PGA, and it's great to have you on the show. And you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you so much. I look forward to being on Coach's Corner soon. All right, sounds good. All right, thank, thank you. you very much, Ben. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. All right, that was my very. Special guest, uh, Ben Slobodian, uh, creator of the Slobo Golf Academy, and you can go to www.slobogolfacademy.com, and all of his contact information uh, is there, and you can also reach out to his various uh, social media platforms as well. So um, anyways, uh, once again, I want to also thank the the gang from the uh, uh, Coach's Corner panel, John Hughes and Clint Wright. Thanks, guys, for doing a uh, great job. Uh, as always on our panel discussion and I look forward to having you guys uh, join me on a future show and uh, also uh, look forward to having uh, Ben join in on the panel discussions as well. So on behalf of uh, all of the the guys uh, on the show tonight and uh, all of the uh, uh, guests uh, that we got coming in, I want to take this opportunity again to thank you for joining me here live on uh, Golf Talk Live and uh, I will see you next week here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening to this evening's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Remember to tune in each week at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live. If you can't join us live, check out the on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts or listen on any of the following social media platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on future shows and upcoming guests, be sure to visit the show's Facebook page, Golf Talk Live Blog. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO. Remember to join me live each week for another great broadcast of Golf Talk Live. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.